0: Now let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture readings for today come from the New Revised Standard Version Bible. The first reading for today is from the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 32 through 35. Now the whole group of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one claimed private ownership of any possessions, but everything they owned was held in common. With great power, the apostles gave their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as had any need. Our next reading is from 1 John, chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 2. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Our last reading is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We begin our Easter series entitled Faith Resurrected with our first message, Come to believe. Every message in this series is going to be using a phrase from the gospel reading for that week. This week, we look at what it means to come to believe, why our belief is important, and how it joins us together. We get an account of belief where often we call Thomas out because of his unwillingness to believe without being able to experience. But I think that one of the things we can actually take away from this is Christ's reaction. And I think that actually is bigger than anything else that happens. Because Jesus didn't shun Thomas, he didn't really chastise him as much as he wanted him to believe. But then he points out the thing that would have been true of all the disciples whether they had seen him the first time around or if it was Thomas that second time around. Did they believe because they had seen? But blessed are those who without seeing had come to believe. We have this idea echoed in the end of our gospel reading that there are many other things that Jesus had done that weren't recorded, but what was recorded in John's Gospel was so that people would come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that because of the belief that we may have life, that we may share in the resurrection because we believe. But it is interesting what comes with believing with giving ourselves over to a life in Christ, with sharing in that journey. And one of those things is what we get from the story that we have in Acts. And for that, it's that those who believed came together as one. They shared what they had. And because of their great love for each other, because they loved each other as Christ loved them, They shared in what they had as a community. Because together, they believed in Christ, their Savior, and they believed in his love. And because of that, they came together and there wasn't a needy person among them. Because they lived their belief, it gave them the strength to be able to share out of love that the apostles told of the resurrection and the people who came to believe were moved so much that they changed their whole life. They joined together so that they could live a life in Christ, which meant they cared for each other. And we hear all of these things echoed in John's first letter. And John in this letter helps to wrap things up that he's testifying so people will believe so that people will understand that eternal life is there for them that we can live in a resurrected christ that we can believe in our risen savior so that we can share in that grace and that love so that we can be a community of believers together that we just have to have faith that we trust that our sins can be washed away by living a life in Christ. And one of the things that is in this letter is not that John thinks that once the believers are together that they won't sin anymore. That you come to believe in Christ and you'll never sin again. The purpose is to keep us from sinning. But it's also to let us know that if we do fail, that we have an advocate. That Christ is with us and that his great love for us was shown to us so that we could be forgiven. And not just for our sins, but for the sins of all, so that all could come to believe. So when I was thinking about this, thinking about everything that we have been reflecting on throughout Lent, and then when we looked at the crucifixion, and celebrated the resurrection. I thought about what strength it gives us to be able to believe. Because it's not just the idea that we believe and that's it and everything is set. That we don't simply say, I believe! Thinking everything's done and we're good. But it's that when we believe we take the next step that we hear and we come to believe that we become the witness, that we become the disciple so that we may share it with others so that others may come to believe. Because it's always an invitation, not simply into saying the right thing, not simply into doing the right thing, but to living a life devoted to our risen Savior, so that we may live in Christ together. That we may be a community of believers caring for one another, joining together in God's love and God's grace, so that we may be united as one. Not just for our own sake, so that we can believe, but so that we can in turn help others come together to believe and live a life in Christ. Not just, and I don't say this lightly, not just that we believe Jesus is the son of God. And this isn't to downplay the role of Christ at all. But we often think that the belief is simply knowing it and we're done. I'm reminded of the old cartoons that I used to watch as a kid. Knowing is half the battle. For me, if we come to believe in Christ as our risen Savior, it means that we come into living a life in Christ. In which we want to be more like Christ, which means that we live like Christ and we love like Christ because we have shared in his death and we share in his resurrection that belief is not a passive imagination but belief is an active way of living that because we know we are forgiven that we live a life that will help others to know that they are forgiven When we come to believe, we come to Christ so that we may empty ourselves and let him fill us up so that we may help others come to believe so that they may do the same until the world is saved. And I think that's an important part of how we believe because often we let it become some sort of small thing. And we let it become almost that we're looking for catchphrases or we're looking for the right words to set us free. Come to the altar, say you're saved, and you're good. It's not that easy. And it's not that easy because the call to follow Christ isn't a call simply to right thinking, But a call to right living, a call to right being. I think the truth is that we come to believe because we feel it in our hearts that if we are going to live as those who have shared in Christ's resurrection, that we have found our place, that we are welcomed into God's house as his children that part of that belief is that it's something to be shared with everyone and it's something to be lived. And for me, if that belief is not part of who we are, do we really believe in Christ as our Savior? If we aren't going to share the good news in the same way that John wanted to share it with others in the gospel so that they could come to believe... What are we doing? We need to have the same intention that John had in his letters of saying, Look, I'm saying this because I want you to live. And I want you to be able to live a life free from sin. And to be able to live that life in Christ, because that's the only way to do it. And I want to be able to help others do the same. And we see that in that early Christian community in Acts. That they all came together because they believed in a life in Christ. But it wasn't just something they held in their heads. It wasn't just this nebulous thought that they would ponder. It was a way of life. A way to live, a way to love, a way to share, a way to grow. If they were going to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, they couldn't just hold it as something that they knew, but something that they lived. That became who they were, not just what they thought. It can't just be the words on our lips because if we say it but we don't do it, do we really believe? If we speak it but we don't feel it, do we believe? If we proclaim that Jesus of Nazareth is the Son of God who came to free us so that we may find eternal life and live a life free from sin, bringing us to perfection in his love. But we don't extend that grace to others. Do we truly believe it? And so my challenge to you this Easter as we reflect upon our faith and our risen Savior, is how can we live in Christ more deeply and more fully? How can we live in Christ more completely? And I hope that we can think about that every day. And that the more that we discover about ourselves, the more that we can give to God. And the more that we can give to God of ourselves, the more God will give to us. So that together as we have come to believe, that we may help others come to believe. So that we may share in that joy and that joy may be complete that we may share our faith with others in our risen Savior and in our lives reflect what we have come to believe by living out that belief so that we may show the love, the mercy, the grace, and the life that we receive from the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.